0: The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the fourth chapter. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace,
1: Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A few years ago, an artist named James Quentin Young was the honored guest on our annual St. John's Retreat. For the last ten years of his life, his art centered on the cross of Christ. You will find many examples of his fine crosses here at St. Philip the Deacon. He died in December at age 86, and he is remembered very fondly by those who are on the retreat. He asked us to call him Jim. What is unique about Jim's crosses is that they are made only from found objects, things that have been discarded or are broken, thought to be without value or purpose. We wanted to make crosses like that, too. So ahead of the retreat, He instructed us to look for materials in junk drawers and beaches and dumpsters. He said we should get permission before we do that. And alleys and intersections and ditches. He said find shells, stone, robe, cord, wood, piano keys, metal, iron. Almost anything that speaks to us or seems interesting could be used. In Jim's art, a Ferrero Rocher candy wrapper might become gold leaf a single hoop earring, a halo, and so on. Why do it this way? Why use broken things that seem worthless? And Jim spoke so eloquently about this. He said, it's because this is what Jesus does with us. Christ receives our flawed and rejected and broken lives and transforms them through his cross and resurrection. And when we choose lost or thrown away objects for our crosses, it will remind us of what Christ has done for us, finding us in our lostness, giving us purpose and belonging, creating something useful and good and beautiful, even out of those parts of ourselves that we reject. On retreat, we dug into the process with Jim's help and guidance. I rummaged around in the supplies that Jim brought to share with us, and I found railroad nails, some rusted battered tin, part of a small round iron trap with a broken chain hanging from it, a round gold disk, and some red glass. I had brought with me a brooch that belonged to a lady named B from our church given to me by her daughter after her funeral. I formed the nails into the T of the cross, used the gold disk for the Lord's head, the circle from the trap for his halo, with the chain hanging loose to the side. The rusted tin became a symbol for his broken body, the red glass for his shed blood, the brooch at the base of the cross for the world he loved, for which he died. There is a song that combines amazing grace with my chains are gone. And as I looked at what had come together, I knew that if my chains are gone, it is only because of the cross of Christ. I'm thinking of crosses today as we enter the Lenten season. Would you imagine with me, please, four crosses that form a sort of sacred embrace around the timeline of our lives? The first cross is at the beginning of that timeline. When we were baptized, many of us as little babies, we received this first cross on our forehead. And these words are said, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever we could just as well be saying, you have a life ahead of you, little one, and you will have very happy times, and you will belong to Christ. And you will have some very hard times, too, and in them you will belong to Christ. Whatever comes, you are God's beloved. One of my seminary professors told us a true story one day about a loving dad who, after the baptism of his children, continued to trace a cross on their foreheads when he and his wife put them to bed at night and whispered to them, You are God's beloved child. Later, before they left the house for school each day, he would make the sign of the cross on their foreheads and say to them, Remember today, you are God's beloved child. They liked it when they were little, but by the time they were older, and a little more of a hurry, they sometimes squirmed out of it, so the dad stopped doing it. Well, years passed, and the day came for the oldest to go off to college. He packed up his car, got a hug from his parents, and drove off. And they were surprised a few minutes later to see him at the door again. Dad, he said... Could you make the sign of the cross on me before I go?" He needed to set off remembering that God's love was with him. With tears and love, his dad made the cross on his forehead and sent him off. So the first cross I'm thinking of today is the one we receive when we are baptized. And then at the other end of the timeline, There is a last cross that we receive. If you've been to a graveside service, you've seen this cross. The pastor says, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, and dust to dust, and then either signs the cross or uses sand to make a cross on the casket or the urn. My mom's funeral, 16 years ago now, was very beautiful. There were five pews full of cousins behind us, literally having our backs, and that was a really comforting feeling. After we drove to the nearby cemetery for burial, the pastor, who had been so kind to her during her life, said those earth-to-earth words and then tenderly formed a cross in sand on her casket. And I was aware that the cross on the casket was just above her precious forehead that had received its first cross at her baptism. As the casket was lowered into the grave, that cross was the last thing I saw. And it was such a beautiful reassurance that she is covered always with the grace and love of Christ. We could have said, you had a long life, Mom. You had very happy times, and you belonged to Christ. And you had very difficult times, and you belonged to Christ. You belong to him still and forever. So we have the embrace of the cross from the very beginning to the very end of our timeline in this life. Those are the first two crosses I'm thinking of today. And every year of our lives along this timeline, we have a beautiful and in my imagination a sort of softly glowing time that lasts about six weeks. It is this season of Lent. It is the springtime for our souls, and it gives us two more crosses. It begins on Ash Wednesday when we receive the cross of ashes on our foreheads, and it ends with us at the foot of the cross of Christ on Good Friday. It feels very profound to me to both receive and to give the cross of ashes on Ash Wednesday. One year, some of the ashes got under my thumbnail and they wouldn't come out. So as I returned to the altar to lead us in prayer, there were ashes under my thumbnail. And as I received Holy Communion, There were ashes still under my thumbnail, and I wondered, Lord, do you want me to be extra aware of my mortality this year? Have I forgotten how precious this life is? I remembered what a pastor said at the funeral of a friend. He said, people, this is your life. Don't miss it. It's pretty easy, I think, to miss life take for granted our high and holy calling of belonging to Christ and bearing his cross to this hurting world. It's easy for us to settle for far less. So Lent gives us some tools to remember who we are as God's people, the traditional Lenten disciplines of almsgiving and fasting and prayer. And as you know, we are invited this year to embrace a daily prayer practice called The Examine. It has five simple movements that are about helping us to be more aware of God's presence in our day and of our response to God and ourselves and others. I encourage you to engage in it and just see where the Spirit takes you. It's a lovely process. Our Wednesday Lenten services will include meditations on each of the five steps so that we can understand them more fully. And before those services, you can bring your soup into the learning center and have discussion time with the pastor. Now, I want to say, give yourself grace. If you haven't started yet, it's okay. If you miss some days, it's okay. But we hope you will give it a go and engage in it as often as you're able during these 40 days of Lent. The 40 days are modeled on the time that Jesus fasted in the wilderness after his baptism and then was tempted by the devil as described in our gospel reading today. As you heard, the devil said to our Lord, If you are the Son of God, then turn stones into bread since you're so hungry. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself off the pinnacle of the temple and call on the angels for safety. And all you have to do is worship me, Jesus, and I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. On the one hand, the temptations are about living large and being spectacular and powerful. But on a deeper level, they're about who Jesus is. Just before this Jesus was baptized by John, the Spirit descended on him and God said, This is my son the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And the devil wanted, above all, for Jesus to forget exactly that, that he's God's beloved son. The devil wanted him to go a different way, a far easier way. But in response, our Lord made it very clear that he belonged to God and relied completely on God, not on any proposition of the devil. He made it clear that his way is to serve, not to dazzle, to eat with the lost ones and lay his hands on the broken ones, not to be above us, but to be here in our midst. The way he chose was the way of the cross. Lord, we bear your cross on our foreheads, and we pray that you would form us into your image and likeness. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. By your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. Amen.